0: Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snoozefest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. When I asked today's guest for a bio, here's what I got. We're married, I'm your biggest supporter, and I'm fairly handsome. And with that, I think many of you will know that today's podcast guest is none other than my husband, Jonathan Havens. Welcome to the show. This is going to be fun.
1: I do stuff like this all the time, and I'm never nervous, and I'm super nervous for this.
0: <laughs> I love that. So let's talk about, like, let's just get right into it. Um I wanted to share with everyone that when I asked you to be on this podcast, your eyes lit up like we just told a child that we were going to Disney World. Uh, Why were you so excited to be on the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast?
1: Well, as your number one fan, I am a huge fan of the podcast and I hear what a great interviewer you are and kind of seeing the community you've built both around the podcast and around CPSM and Snoozefest. And I was just flattered that you were interested in what I had to say and thought that your audience <laughs> might be might be interested in what I had to say, um, and even if that's not true, you can you can lie and tell me it's the truth. But uh, no, I was just excited and uh, i've I've you know really been admiring what you've been doing, and I was so happy to share my thoughts around that. so that's why I was excited.
0: Yeah, so my thought process behind having you on the podcast is that I really wanted to illustrate the entrepreneurial journey through the eyes of a spouse. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, I sit on the phone and zoom calls all day long with people who are interested in becoming certified sleep consultants. And I always find it so interesting to hear what their spouse thinks. Some are really supportive and others are total roadblocks to their spouse's success. Right? So let's go back to when I told you that I was thinking about getting certified and starting my own small business What were your thoughts? And be honest.
1: (laughs) Be be honest. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I I was super supportive. I will admit that I didn't quite understand. I didn't understand what sleep consulting was. I knew that our kids were great sleepers, but that there was work that was involved, and so I, I started to connect the dots. But my thought was, I didn't really understand this. But if you were interested in it, and we're going to invest your time. You know, you don't do anything halfway, right? You either do something 100% or you're not going to do it at all. So I was interested slash excited to see what it was all about. But yeah, my honest answer is I didn't really understand that world, that market, that business potential. But I knew that if you were doing it, there was something there and that you were going to crush it. And so I was just excited that you were excited about something and interested to see where it went.
0: Yeah. And to be completely honest, I don't think I fully understood it either. Uh, I just always knew that I liked helping my friends get their kids to sleep. And I felt like I was always pretty good at it, at least with our own kids. And it just felt like a fun thing to try. Honestly, if we think back to when I was starting, it wasn't it wasn't to build this huge successful business. It was just to do something purposeful and and enjoy it.
1: Right. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I realized until recently that you didn't. It wasn't a fully baked idea on your end, but uh, <laughs> you know, you, you're you certainly fooled me. And um, no, it was. I, I knew. I knew you would crush it in whatever you decided to do, and that's what I was excited about.
0: And maybe that's sort of the difference between you and me. Like you like to fully bake your ideas and. if we're going to use your terminology, you like to fully bake your ideas. And I like to just come up with an idea and go with it. Um, And and it's been fun to do that in front of you because I think sometimes you're like, (laughs) you're like, seriously, you're going to do that? And like, yeah, why not? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work,
1: right? Right. Yeah. And that's definitely, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, but that's been one of the great things for me and seeing what you're doing. It gives me a new perspective on, how to think about tasks, whether they're in my personal life or my professional life. Um, So that's, that's been interesting as well. And, and something that I've definitely benefited from.
0: Yeah. So when I launched Snooze Fest, when I was just like supporting families one-on-one and it was really just a side hustle or a passion project, uh, do you remember, was there a moment in time when you really, when you realized that this was really something much bigger?
1: Yeah, I think there were different milestones. Uh, the easiest thing to point to, because the you know the, the, the memories are a little bit fuzzy, but I remember certain increments of clients, right? Like your first 10 clients, and then your first 100 clients, and then multiple hundreds of clients. So I think that's something that I definitely saw and was like, wow, I knew this was going to happen, but maybe not so quickly. So that would you know, be number one. Number two, seeing your clients and the responses that you were getting and the success that they were having, right. That you were helping them find with their families. um, Number two, number three, I think seeing what our friends and family and our community, so to speak, you know, really thought about what you were doing and the positive reactions, right. It validated um, not that we needed that you needed that for validation, but it was like, okay, people understand the importance of this they see how good you are at it and how quickly you've built it. And so I would say, you know, the numbers, the feedback, um, you know, your clients reactions, those sorts of things. But I, I can't say there's a specific moment. There were a lot of moments along the way where I was like, yeah, this is this is working.
0: Yeah. Um, I always share the story about when I told my brother, Ethan, that I wanted to create my own sleep consultant certification course. And his response was, you know, why would anyone take your course when they could take a more established and well-known program that's already on the market. I'm wondering if this is where your head was as well. And again, I'm going to ask you to be honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think I learned my lesson about not when you were starting your individual consulting business, I thought, well, I don't really understand the market, but I'm sure Jane does and she's going to do great. And I think I learned my lesson to say, if you're launching this course, there's something there. Again, I don't know that I quite understood the course world. I do now. Um, Because you proofread it. (laughs) Because I proofread the course. So, so proud. Uh, Just for everyone's benefit, I've told this story a few times. You would put calendar invites on my work email. And I remember distinctly at that time, I was traveling a lot out to the West Coast. I was flying back from Phoenix, had like a four hour, four and a half hour flight. And I had. Several modules to grade, right? So I was kind of putting my <laughs> personal work to the side, my business development efforts to the side, but it's it's something I'm so proud of. I feel like I'm honored that you allowed me to, to be a part of it. But at the time, uh, I was I was uh, overwhelmed with how many invites you put on my calendar to to edit your course. But your question was about did I understand the core, you know, the the benefit of you launching this course? And I I think very early on I recognized that the information that is in a course is really 10% of it, right? It's, it's more the community. It's really the culture. It's really the vibe and the support, right? And so to me, the materials are the materials. And I thought your materials were great, not just because I proofread them, but <laughs> I, I, I really thought it was the, the community that you were seeking to create and that you've created, right? That to me is what I love seeing. Right. When I see your students have success and I've followed several of them on social media and I feel like I know some of them now. Right. And um, anybody can create a course. The material is the material. But I knew that the difference between the course you took and the course that you were going to create, it wasn't you weren't just creating a course. You were creating a community. And and that's why to me, you've been so successful, because your students aren't just your students, right? Like they're, your, they're family. They're, they're your, you know, your, your village, right. And you're their village too. So yeah, I I got that immediately. I thought it was going to be a real difference maker. And to me, that's why you've been so successful because you've been really successful
0: creating that community. Thank you. That's really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, I think that there must be a lot of really aspiring female entrepreneurs listening to this right now and wondering what their own husbands would think about their dream or vision to launch their own business. And I'm not even going to ask what you would say to them because I feel like I know, but why is it so important to be a cheerleader when your spouse has a dream?
1: Yeah, I'll answer that question in a second. I guess the first thing I would say is, you know, as, as one of your biggest fans, if not your biggest fan, I've obviously listened to the podcast and I hear people talk a lot about how, you know, men do things all the time and don't even think to ask anybody else. Right. And women sometimes will ask for permission um, and really they don't need to or shouldn't have to, but that's beyond the scope of this, this episode. But, you know, I think that a, a couple of things, one, um, You know, it's what's what's interesting to me is that I could see your passion very early. So it was very easy for me to support you. I mean, I'd like to think I'd be supportive whether you had passion or not, but I fueled off of your energy. I saw your vision. Even if I didn't understand it, I saw what you had. And to me, I'm like, well, if she believes in this and she thinks there's something there and I know she's going to give it 100% of her effort or more, then of course i'm going to be supportive and i think look it would be great if entrepreneurs could get support from their community their spouse their friends their family regardless of kind of their level of external passion but for me it was a no brainer because i could see that for you i think for anybody that's listening that's thinking how do i get the support of people when they might not believe in my idea i think they have to be the driving force they the entrepreneur has to be super passionate and has to really exude confidence and make others believe because if they don't believe and can't express why they're excited about it, it's going to be hard for others to support, even though I don't, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish people were unconditionally supportive all the time. If
0: I think that's actually exactly right. I think you you sort of nailed it, that you know, We look to outside sources to rally us and support us and cheerlead us, and to some degree, we should be able to expect that from a spouse or a parent or a friend, but sometimes uh, that doesn't happen, and, and we need to really, first and foremost, as entrepreneurs believe in ourselves and rally ourselves, because if we're not excited about what we're doing and we're not truly passionate about it and not showing up, then frankly, I'm not even really sure that it matters if you have a bunch of cheerleaders, right? You have to you have to own it. And I think people feed off of the energy that you put out there. Um, I see that in my business, both with attracting Perspective students to enroll in Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. I know that a lot of people tell me often that they just really connected with my energy and my vibe, and I also feel that that holds true with my consulting business. You know, people see me talk about the way that I coach parents through sleep training. They listen to my, you know, rants on Instagram or just like screenshots of conversations that I have with my clients. You know, funny banter, and they connect with that and, and want to be a part of that. And so it's really, ultimately, we would love to have cheerleaders supporting us, but, but it's up to us as the entrepreneur to create that energy so that those around us can, can feel it and feed off of it and, and cheer us on.
1: Yeah. And, and look, I don't think, I don't want to convey the notion that someone has to be hundred percent happy and excited every single day about something. But when you're in the intro phase of deciding whether to launch something, it's important to have passion about it, both to check yourself and say, okay, like, can I make a go of this? And if you can't get others excited about it, even if they don't understand it, that's, that's a different story, but you can get them excited by showing them how excited and passionate you are. And you've definitely done that for me. And it's clear. One of the nice things about being home more, uh, you know, working at home and, and seeing what you're doing is like, I've seen, I've heard those conversations you have with on your discovery calls and with your clients and with your students. And it's clear, right? Like I can't see their faces on the screen, but I can tell how excited they are because you're excited. And if you're not excited, how do you expect other people to believe in what you're doing?
0: Right. Spot on, spot on hubby.
1: You've <laughs> taught me, you've taught me well.
0: Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I wanted to bring up the topic of, of like our family dynamic shift in all of this. Um, and what that's looked like in our household and just between the two of us, because I think that, um, it's sort of an unintended consequence or benefit, however you want to look at it of me going back to work. Like things have changed in our family and our household, uh, since you're my guest on this show, I'm going to ask, what does it look like for you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll lead with the, the big conclusion and what's exciting for me, which is I, I think it's made our family dynamic better, right? I think our, I think my relationship with you is better. I think your relationship with me is better. And not to say that it was ever bad. I, I feel very blessed that I, we've always had a strong marriage. Um, but I think there's... You know, the word resentment is, is very loaded and negative, but I think, you know, when I was traveling all the time and your primary job was taking care of the kids and taking care of everything with the house and making sure your know, doctor's appointments and bills and the myriad things that, that go into a family and a house, right? Like that all fell on your shoulders. And I'm certainly not suggesting that it's 50, 50 now And you're not only doing what you do now very successfully, but you're still carrying a lot of that load and that burden. I, I would say, I hope you agree with me, I've certainly picked up a, a good bit of that, not 50 percent again, but I, I think, you know, I think there's probably less resentment because I'm not just out and about on business trips and traveling and doing this and that and then having social time with friends and doing community things, right? Like we're both doing that. I think um, you know, I think the, the family calendar has gotten a lot more crowded. I think my appreciation for not just absent-mindedly scheduling things and being out of town at the drop of a hat. It's just, our conversations are a lot more, um, the, the flow is, is, is a lot more even now. And so I think, you know, you resent me a lot less for being gone as much, frankly, I'm not gone as much as I used to be, although that's picking back up. Um, I also, and this is, this is a little bit tough, not to talk about, but to express, I guess I had, Kind of guilt and resentment around my lack of involvement um, with, with our kids. And I feel like because of how engaged you've been and how successful you've been, to me, it's been not only important for myself, but incumbent upon me to really pick up more slack than I was picking up before. Frankly, I don't think I was doing a very good job a couple of years ago. And I think I've gotten a lot better. I, you know, being a parent is on a constant work in progress, but and you I think feel that like...
0: that came from seeing me work and also manage the kids? That you were like, "Oh, okay, I get this. Like, I can work and also participate in the responsibilities of the household and with the kids." And it, and it's sort of, uh, am I understanding that right? That it's sort of highlighted. Yeah, I, I, th- that th- you I think, would think it's kind of multi of doing I, both.
1: I, yeah, I think it's multifaceted. One, as I saw that you were getting busier and. Stresses came, certainly with growing, not only the individual client side, but the, um, the course side. And I, I, I kind of said to myself, like, what are you doing? You need to step up here. Like, you can't just sit idly by and be a fan. Like, to be a fan and be supportive, you have to be more active in this. Um, and you are certainly juggling, as you always have. And I said, you know, if she can do it, not only can I do it, but I have to do it. Um, number one, but yeah, I saw what you were doing and I'm thinking to myself, okay, like you were happy, you are happy doing what you're doing because you're passionate about your profession, but you're also passionate about our family and our kids. And I thought there's something there that I was missing or maybe not getting. And I think I've derived a lot of satisfaction and, and straight up happiness from being more involved and helping pick up that, that burden. And I love when You know, I'm like, like this morning when I knew you had an interview and I'm like, well, I'll take the kids to camp. And, you know, that was great. And frankly, the times that I've been able to take them to school and take them to camp and take them on trips or do activities with them or coach or whatever it is, I mean, that's frankly, when I'm at my best and my happiest. So it really was an eye-opening experience to me. And I guess my only regret is that I didn't start that sooner, but thank goodness I saw that in you to start to, you know, become the better parent and husband that I really always wanted to be.
0: Yeah, that's kind of awesome. Um, I also think that it's helped us to have like better conversation. You know, I think that the monotony, at least in my life, you know, after stay at home momming for four-ish years, it was um, like, what else do you talk about besides like what I put in the kids' lunchboxes or like, who I ran into at the library, you know, like, it, it had become, at least for me, it had felt a little monotonous. And that had made me feel like I didn't have anything to connect with you on. Because, like, you had this whole interesting day. And you had all this stuff to talk about and to share with me. And, like, I didn't have anything to share with you, you know, at least something that was it wasn't exciting me, me to share that with you, you know, like, it wasn't, uh, it didn't light me up to tell you that I went to, a baby music class. I think in the beginning when I was a stand of, you know, when, it, when Sid was little, it did light me up to have those conversations. And then at a certain point, it didn't anymore. And, you know, I think our conversation got better when I felt like I had something that I was excited to talk about. And so then we could connect. I'm like, okay, what's going on in your world and what's going on in my world. And, you know, I think we both learn a lot from each other which actually is probably a great segue to our next conversation which is all <laughs> which we talked about offline before before recording is that like I think you've actually learned a fair amount from me as far as like how to think differently about the way that you do business in your I'm not going to call it a nine to five. It's definitely not a nine to five. You work all the time, but like your, your typical regular man job for lack of a better way of saying it.
1: Yeah. I I, look, I've, I've learned a lot. I alluded to that. I mean, just going back to what you're saying about helping us communicate, right? Yes. We both have interesting things to tell each other. Frankly, I'm, I'm probably more interested in hearing about what you're doing than telling you about what I'm doing. And right. Like we'll go out to dinner, we'll go on a date night and sure, we'll talk about things that don't relate to your business or my business or whatever. But I, I like the conversations we get and do about planning for you know, the future of your business or planning for the future of my practice. And I think what, you, what you've done has helped us have that conversation. You know, as far as what I've learned, look, I, we, we, we talk about this all the time. We were raised very differently, right? I think you came from an entrepreneurial household. Um, I came from a you go to as many schools as you can, you get as many degrees as you can, you take a very steady, you know, and not an un- unexciting and do something you're not passionate about. But I was on a very defined path, and you know, I'm sure many of our, you know, audience members know this, certainly our, our family and friends. But you know, I'm an attorney. I've worked at, I worked in the government, I worked on Capitol Hill, I've worked at very large law firms, and I'm at a you know a mid sized law firm now, a little less than. 400 attorneys. I've had a lot of different experiences and my original experience at a about 2000 person law firm was doing work for other people and for their clients. And look, that's super important because I was a, you know, what we call a baby lawyer. I didn't know what I was doing. I needed to learn before I could start telling people to trust me with their, you know, sensitive business issues. But what I've figured out that I'm really good at and what I'm super passionate about is business development, growing a practice. That's why I came to the firm I'm at now was to, to start a, a practice. And I love it, right? I'm in more control of my own destiny. And so I guess back to your specific question of what have I learned? I've seen how you develop business. We talked about how you developed a community, but you're, you're in sales, right? Like we're both in sales. And just seeing how you've approached it and how you've address people's obstacles, why they say no, right? Is it lack of self-confidence? Is it they think they can't afford it? Is it they don't think there's a market? It's just helped me look at business development in a much different way, thinking outside the box, thinking about why people might say no, thinking about markets, thinking about different potential sources of business and revenue. And, you know, I, I think Look, I'm not here to say that I didn't know anything about business development beforehand. You know, I, I, I think I figured that out a while ago, but seeing what you've done and creating something out of complete scratch, right. And educating people on a completely new area to most people that you're probably coming across. I mean, we have to remember, you know, when I got into what I do, which is I'm, I'm a cannabis lawyer, primarily it was brand new several years ago. And I'd like to think we kind of created a niche and you know, it really helped put our practice and our, um, you know, our firm's capabilities in that area on the map. But for you, some of your clients knew what sleep consulting was, but you had to educate other people. Why is this a service that everyone can benefit from? Whereas some people think it's only a luxury service for the wealthy, right? Like I love when you talk about, How sleep is not a luxury. It is a necessity, right? And a a well-rested family is a happy family, right? So like these kind of core principles helps me to think about, okay, what are my core principles? How do I convince people that it's very important to have a regulatory and compliance attorney? While they might not want to spend money on it, they're a lot happier when they don't get in trouble with federal and state regulators or with their shareholders or whatever it is. So yeah, it's definitely given me a renewed vision on how I approach business development and how I address obstacles, whether they're clients or financial or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. I also think that like this whole process has helped you to enjoy being a lawyer more, um, because I think it's opened your eyes to possibilities that you hadn't really previously thought about just different ways of caring about your day so that you can come home and be really proud of the interesting stuff that you're doing rather than feeling like I'm just churning out work or I'm just, you know, today's another day at the office. I really feel like there's been a shift in the way that you think about your job since, frankly, I started my business, I think. Would you agree?
1: I would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I absolutely would agree. And, you know, I, I was meeting with a client the other night. I was having drinks with the client and I don't know. We got in a conversation. I always seek to insert, uh, you know, what you do before what I do, which is probably not the <laughs> best for my personal business development. But we got in a conversation about you, and their jaws just dropped. And I ended up talking about you again most of the time. I should probably think a little bit more about my personal business development. I'm meeting with, with clients of my firm, but uh, be that as it may, I think it uh, I think it shows kind of where my head is at, and I, I wouldn't change that. But yeah, it's made me a lot happier look, I think when we talk about dynamic and shifting you know, look, we've been able to do things that we weren't able to do a few years ago, right? Take longer, nicer vacations. I, I, I didn't take vacation until probably last year in a serious way, right? Like we've taken more meaningful vacations. I've unplugged. I've seen that my work is going to be there when I get back and that I can trust other people to handle you know, what I consider to be the only work that I could handle before, right? And so, yeah, again, it's made me happier. It's made me a better husband. It's made me a better father. And it's been really great. It's opened my eyes to all the things that, again, I didn't do. And it's unfortunate that I missed that, but I'm certainly not about to, to miss more of it. So, yeah, it, it certainly allowed me to enjoy the things that should be enjoyed more
0: yeah well, I love that we're we're both and all always growing, and I think everything is a process and a journey and you know it's never too late to get going on being the person that you want to be doing the things that you want to be doing, and you know if you're not doing it today, tomorrow's another day right? <laughs> I mean, that's how I look at things. It's like you know if if you didn't if you weren't the person that you want to be today, you have tomorrow, and let's get let's get going right. Right. Uh, before we before we wrap up, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, if you have any thoughts on what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur? From you know from the outside looking in, right? Like I think you now would consider yourself to be more entrepreneurial, but you're still working a typical desk job, right? but but watching me grow my business, I think has given you some perspective and, and you see what I'm doing. What would you say are the, characteristics that have contributed to my success that are maybe translatable to others that are listening.
1: Yeah. You know, I think my first, as you were, as you were asking that question, my mind was spinning. I was like, all right, I want to come up with the perfect answer here and really have something, (laughs) you know, uh, profound to say. And my first thought was going to say, just have an idea and have passion. But I I want to caveat that with, I think a lot of entrepreneurs think that they need to have the next brilliant idea. I think your idea was brilliant in that you saw a market that others didn't see, but the product that you were selling and what you were kind of creating, it wasn't a new product. It was packaged in a new way. And so, you know, I always think about people try to come up with the best invention or the best business idea, or how do I make the most money right away? Well, I think that's a kind of a fundamental misunderstanding about how to be an entrepreneur. Sure, it's great if you come up with a product that nobody's ever seen before, because then it'll sell like gangbusters, but it's probably more important to have a belief that you look at a problem in a different way than other people do, or that you have a solution that maybe someone hasn't thought of before, right? Like when you started, there was other sleep consultants out there.
0: I always say that, you know, I always say that because people come to me and, and the question they ask almost every single time is like, aren't there already too many sleep consultants out there? And first of all, I hate that because there would never be too many sleep consultants. There are more tired parents than all of us sleep consultants could ever, ever help. Right. But, um, even if there were a gazillion sleep consultants, like if you're out there telling families how you can make a meaningful change to their life, that's the magic, right? It doesn't matter. It's sort of like, you need to, it's its authenticity, right? Maybe it's just, maybe it's authenticity. You need to figure out your voice, your presence, your, I don't mean to, I asked you the question and now I'm answering it. So now I feel
1: bad. <laughs> I, I, I but, do have something to share, but finish the thought because I love where you're going.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's that. I mean, I think that it doesn't matter how many sleep consultants are out there. Um, And if we're just talking general entrepreneurship, I don't think it matters who the competitors are. I I think that when you're really going to be a successful entrepreneur, you don't even have competitors. Actually, uh, my business strategist, Nas taught me that. Shout out to Nas that like when you can put yourself in a category of your own, where you're just competing with yourself, you have your own messaging, your own belief system, your own process, your own methods, that's when the magic really starts, right? And, and it doesn't matter how many other people are doing something that appears similar, uh, if you can figure out a way to carve out your own true voice, identity, perception, you know, all of those things, I think that's really when, when you find success. So, sorry, I just answered your question.
1: No, I no, to- I mean, look, <laughs> it's not an apples to apples comparison, but, you know, I'm not afraid that someone's gonna launch a course and compete with you because I don't think they can compete with your creation of a community. So like with me, look, there are other attorneys out there that advise cannabis companies, but my passion for what I do, my, you know, constant consumption of information from research and the science, you know, behind cannabis as a medicine to my understanding of kind of the application of, of cannabis, um, you know, as an adult use product, whatever it is, like I eat, breathe and live this stuff which is what makes my clients drawn to me, I think. I mean, and I've seen what they've said about me, you know, when we're put up for rankings and awards, the quotes they offer. It's it's humbling and it's gratifying because they they're clearly feeling the passion and the approach that I take. We have competitors all over the place, but do other people take the these companies' businesses as seriously? Do they care as much about the individual people within these companies as much as I do? Do they cultivate the relations with the reporters that I have? Do they speak at all these conferences and deliver messages in a way that's not just like reading from a slide deck, but really understanding what people are interested in and, 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 you know, addressing their fundamental questions or concerns. No. Right. And I don't mean that from a conceited perspective, but I've spent, what I've been a lawyer now for 12 years, something like that. I've spent 12 years and frankly, before that during law school and, in my time working before law school, thinking about my brand, who am I? What do I have to offer? And yeah, I could think that there's a ton of competitors out there because there are. And frankly, there's a ton of competitors for you. But if you have a why and you have a passion for what you're doing and can convince people that you know what you're talking about, even if sometimes you have imposter syndrome and it's fake it till you make it, people will will follow you you know, there are a lot more followers than leaders out there. And being a leader doesn't mean you have to be the smartest person in the room. Lord knows I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I'm a hustler and I'll outwork anybody. And you're the exact same way, which is why I love talking about this kind of stuff with you.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it at that. I think that's a good way to wrap up. Um, I always ask people at the end of these conversations (laughs) where they can find you. So, uh, where should people find you on social media if they want to follow Jane's husband, Jonathan Havens, on Instagram? Go you know, for it. All, share.
1: I was all, I was all prepared to share all my handles, but I don't I I don't really I mean look I'll share my my Twitter. I'm not I don't do uh, business on on uh, Instagram. No, I was just I know, asking
0: you to share your actual social media.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know you would want me to talk about my uh, award-winning uh, <laughs> man, men's fashion Instagram account, Coat No Tie, or as my mom calls it Coden Odie.
0: Um,
1: no, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, regulatory ATTY. Sorry, that regulatory attorney, full attorney was taken. Um, you know, if you, if you Google Jonathan Havens, uh, you'll see my, um, my, my averagely handsome face uh, you know, talking to reporters about whatever issues they want to talk about. Um, even as a surprise to our son who asked me why yesterday, uh, why I was talking about the infant uh, formula shortage. She's like, you know about that? It's like, well, I did by the time I talked to the reporter. So um no. So I'm I'm on Twitter, regulatory ATTY. Uh, my firm is Saul Ewing, and Ernstein and Lear. If you Google my name, that'll come up. But uh again, I don't want the I don't want the focus here to be on me. It's gotta be about the the Queen. So uh <laughs> go 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 uh go follow Jane instead of me, please.
0: Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. This was really, really fun. Um I'm glad we did this. I sort of I had a vision for what it was going to be, and I think we nailed it. I think we did a good job. Uh, for those listening, I'm sitting in my living room, Jonathan's upstairs in the office. We were trying to figure out logistics <laughs> of what this I, was going gonna- to
1: I did ask, I did ask if we could be in the same room. You told me the audio quality wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be great. And, you know, I was so honored I Am so honored that you invited me. I wanted to mind my P's and Q's and do exactly what you told me. So I, I went up to the office, uh, and, and followed directions as I always do.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't wait for everybody to hear this and thanks again for coming on. And maybe we'll do a follow-up at some point. I feel like you should be a regular.
1: I I would love to. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the becoming a sleep consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.